0: Content in this podcast is not legal, financial or investment advice.
1: So we believe that there's going to be some huge transformational companies and projects formed now and over the next, you know, two to three years. And we want to make sure we provide a, a platform for those companies to grow and to support them and, and hopefully to 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 be a part of, um, uh, you know, to, to make sure that they can uh, make a dent in the, uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit about Outlier Ventures, and some of the things that I suppose are particularly notable um, about mm-hmm. Outlier is that you know, oftentimes accelerators are associated with being maybe very kind of coder heavy or very kind of developer focused. We've tried to broaden that. Obviously, anything in tech, there's a there's um, a kind of a core competency around the technology component, but we work with a lot of um, uh, cultural, uh, fashion, luxury fashion. Art and um, uh, projects. And that's a really interesting blend because it's something that's starting to emerge, and particularly in the world of the metaverse. where. You're... All right. Well, that was a really great episode with Des from Outlier.
2: Uh, shared a lot of good perspective and really some nice insights into what's to come this year in 2023. What, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I loved hearing more about how they think about cohorts, what type of startups they're attracting, how that gives them more insights into the landscape of what's to come in Web3 and Metaverse. Super interesting to hear about that. So yeah, lots of good stuff for him to share. Excited for everyone to listen.
2: All right, let's dive in. Uh, Welcome everybody to Metaverse Matters by Pebble Ventures. Today's a little bit of a milestone. We're on our 10th episode. Um, and I'm here as always with my colleague, Lauren Fenema, and really happy to have Des Martin from Outlier Ventures. Thanks, Des, for coming on. Super excited to talk about uh, Outlier and what you're doing with Farfetch and your diffusion event and kind of just how you're seeing this whole world of Web3 and metaverse grow, even though we're going through a pretty tricky time, Uh, but maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about your background and Outlier and kind of who you guys are and, you know, why, from our perspective, you're, you know, clearly one of the leaders in this space. So it'd just be great to get some perspective.
1: Sure. Um, uh, And Mike, Lauren, thank you very much. Great to be here. Um, So uh, yeah, my role at Outlier Ventures is uh, Chief Marketing Officer um, I joined Outlier um, back earlier in 2022, the beginning of 2022. And um, previously, I was with Brave Browser and the Privacy Browser, um, particularly kind of well known in the Web3 space. Um, so, I joined um, Brave um, when the user base was at 800,000 daily active users, and I was there um, up until the um, uh, roughly about 11 and a half million daily active users. So, an interesting period of growth. And through the pandemic as well which had a whole string of kind of interesting elements um, and to it um so while i was there i was the vp of marketing and and growth um but more recently i'm with um, outlier and um uh, my role there is to make sure that we can attract and engage um, the best founders um uh, and founders come in all different shapes and sizes and um, but making sure that those people are aware of outlier, are engaging with us and hopefully they're having a great experience, the ones that can join us on our our programs. Um, So a little bit about Outlier, Um, Outlier, um, so we are the the number one Web3 accelerator by volume. So we have accelerated about a hundred and I think it's 186 to be precise um, uh, projects uh, over the last uh, number of years. We were founded in 2014 um, Mm -hmm. and we are now kind of ramping up, um, which is I suppose an interesting thing because you mentioned that the the market's going through a a tricky time and we're doubling down. So we are expanding and we're hoping to take on 40 teams in this quarter and accelerate them. Um, And we want to ramp up that we're doing 50 teams a quarter going forward. And and we're doing that because we believe now is the best time um, to, to invest. It's when the best founders emerge. It's when the most passionate people stick around and and do the, do do their best work. And, and that's not just in the, the metaverse or in, you know, uh, Web3, that's something that's held as a constant through Amazon and Google being founded in, in you know, around the time of the dot com, um, Uber and Airbnb coming out of, you know, the 08, 09, kind of 10 dip. Um, so we believe that there's going to be some huge transformational companies and projects formed now and over the next, you know, two to three years. And we want to make sure we provide a, a platform for those companies to grow. And um, to support them, and and hopefully to, to to be a part of um uh, you know to, to make sure that they can uh, make a dent in the uh, in, in the industry. Mm. Um. So that's a little bit about outlier ventures, and some of the things that I suppose are particularly notable um, about mm. outlier is that you know oftentimes accelerators are associated with being maybe very kind of coder or heavy or very kind of developer focused. We've tried to broaden that. Obviously, anything in tech there's a there's um, a kind of a core competency around the technology component but we work with a lot of um uh, cultural uh, fashion luxury fashion art um uh, projects and that's a really interesting blend because it's something that's starting to emerge and particularly in the world of the metaverse where you're seeing this blend of 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 these different strands um, and new interesting things are are emerging i think there's lots of quotes about creativity, but creativity seems to be when the edges of different things merge and fuse. That seems to be where creativity sparks, and we're seeing that, and, and, and that's something that we're we're really excited to foster. Um, mm. More notably within that, and um, one of the the partners that we work with um, through our accelerator, our Basecamp accelerator, um, is Farfetch, who are you know, a very well known name in the world of luxury fashion, um, and we've been working with them over the last and uh, three months. They've had um, eight teams on a on a program with us, and uh, it's been really interesting to see those teams, you know, develop and, and ha- how that whole process has has grown. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a whistle stop tour to to outlier. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to kind of jump in to to any topics that you guys would like yeah. to. Yeah,
0: I love that. I would love to learn more about how you think about cohorts. Is it do you divide them up obviously by hard tech, hardware, that type of thing, all the way to, like you were saying, more of the cultural groups. And then do you intentionally make uh, a focus on bringing those groups together ever to help with the edges, like you mentioned, to, to more bolster that creativity? Or how do you think about who you're attracting and then how they go through your program? And is that any different than maybe other accelerators out there?
1: Um, so, uh, so in terms of like the, the cohorts and how we structure them, um, mm-hmm. Traditionally, we were very much focused on uh, kind of protocols. So we were working with like, you know, Polygon, Hedera, um, IPFS, and, and we're still doing some work with those. Um, but now we're looking to blend within a cohort kind of three distinct elements. So like a technology partner, maybe a Polygon, a, um, a you know, a business and distribution partner, um, you know, a well-known brand within a space um, and, and, and build those two and, and then potentially, And other partners that want to to invest in that space and fuse those together um, so that the the accelerator becomes a chance for multiple partners to find a synergy around a group of founders, around a passionate group of founders. And um, uh, again, within that, we're moving away from being just kind of a technology partner to looking at themes. And one area we've done this recently, we had a zero knowledge program. um, And so zero knowledge tech, just for, for, for those listening. Um, is, is a very interesting emerging space because within blockchain, everything is open, which is good for transparency, but there are certain things you want to make sure there is some level of privacy, but trans- but it can be verified. And, and there is a level of accountability. So right. privacy with accountability is an interesting thing. So we've run a program there and we're currently recruiting. We're going to be um, announcing the teams in, in a couple of weeks, but that's a really interesting one because that enables us to bring together lots of different partners Um, lots of different founders around this theme. it's kind of a more technical theme, but we Mm -hmm. want to do the same thing for more cultural, artistic, uh, music, sports uh, elements um, over the course of the next 18 months.
0: Yeah, and Farfetch is kind of an example of that as well, then, it seems like. Will you be, with that in mind, tell us a little bit more about the Farfetch program, if you can, if you can share.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So um, uh, the uh obviously you know so working with farfetch and it's it's the dream assembly base camp so farfetch have a an existing um uh accelerator and we've worked with them so it's a combination of our accelerator which is known as base camp and farfetch's accelerator which is known as dream assembly so we've combined the two um and we got a really good uh, interest uh, you know in terms of applications in terms of people reaching out to us and wanting to be part of the program and the interesting thing was the mix was was really really interesting you know we had people from very diverse backgrounds we had a great mix of male and female which isn't always the case in tech um so there was a really interesting um it, it sparked in people's imagination in ways that maybe some more traditional kind of programs don't and, and 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 that's shone through in the applications, but also in the teams that that that, that ended up coming through. Um some notable ones, Skinups, Metaverse, um, some really interesting projects coming through there. Um in fact, all eight will be presenting at our diffusion event, um, which is taking place um on uh sorry January the twelfth. Um yeah. so that's um coming up shortly. Um uh, so that's taking place and um, people can find details on diffusion.event um, and anything that's that's there will also be recorded and be available on our YouTube channel afterwards. Perfect. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I in a little bit. I,
2: the, how did the Farfetch come about? I mean, did you guys reach out to them? They reach out to you? I I like I looked at the companies that are going to be talking at the Diffusion event and there's some really interesting ones, you know, from the commerce to the avatars and, and everything. To me, that's, Really, we do a lot of work in fashion, apparel, accessories, lifestyle brands, and there is this really, really important need to have kind sort of the sort of the base layer, the plumbing, so to speak, the infrastructure layer, then the kind of the enablement layer, which is a lot of what I see in the farfetch companies, and then you know, kind of how do we think about marketing in this new Web three environment from tracking and engagement and privacy and retargeting and and all of those things. So I'm just curious how the two came together. How did do you guys reach out to them?
1: Them to you? Um, it's a good question. I don't know the exact. <laughs> um, so okay. I know that uh, Jamie, the outlier, uh, our outlier CEO and founder, um, has had a long, you know, he, Martin, um, who, who is the, um, I think, I actually can't remember his exact title. I won't get it wrong. But um, um, uh, chief growth officer i believe on their side um they've had a long you know they've known each other quite some time um and i know it was an ongoing conversation and something that that has kind of sparked and um, between the two um i think one of the things that maybe you, you kind of hinted at there which i think is really interesting we're starting to see more and more brands like farfetch and it's one of the big trends that we're seeing for for 2023 and mm-hmm. we're very lucky in the position that we're in we see all of these founders submitting applications to us which kind of allows us to horizon scan where founders are planning on on starting. And, and, you know, those those companies and those projects will come through in, in 18 months and people will be more aware of them. But we get to see that kind of embryonic phase. Right. But we also speak with brands like Farfetch and we have a number, unfortunately I can't share all the names, but <laughs> um, do keep an eye on our Twitter account. We'll be announcing a few in the, in the next couple of, of weeks um, or on a newsletter. Um, but in both of those, uh, in, in that kind of partner scenario, there's quite a few big brands that are, are really interested in the space because there's an element of loyalty, there's an element of fashion, culture, um, and there's there's an excitement around it. And it's it's drawing in some huge brands that want to explore and want to understand how they can take some of these um elements, some of the technology and some of the things that are happening and, and bring some of them back into their own companies. Um so that's a really exciting trend that, that, that I'm seeing and um, that we're seeing coming through um, on our side. Hopefully that hopefully that answers your question, Mike. Was there uh, any other bits that I didn't touch on?
2: No, I I um, and Lauren, I don't. Hopefully, I'm not cutting off here. But no. one, one thing that I'm I'm really curious is, is you've been seeing all these companies, like you said, from the embryonic stage to you know one that are you know kind of out there already. Um, one of the things that w- we get asked a lot, and I always like to get other people's opinion on, is what what do you think it's going to take this year for Metaverse, Web three to go from you know what we call experimental to um, integral or from niche to mass. I mean, we think of things like UI and UX and you know just some of the challenges around sort of macro environment, whether it's the FTXs of the world or whatever. But given all the companies that you you're seeing, maybe just give us some perspective on where we are today and kind of realistically where we'll be. At the end of 2023
1: yeah um get my crystal ball and see what um, <laughs> so i think there were a couple of very interesting in okay. and tailwinds in our favor and one of them is and it might actually happen quite quick i've been trying to keep tabs on this apple are about to announce their new vr ar headset mm. but it's interesting that and again apple are super secretive so it's a shrouded in mystery but there's enough <laughs> problems being dropped all around the web that there's so, something is is coming, but sure. um, and and obviously Facebook have got their headset, which has been and, and their um, kind of whole um, a metaverse that they've been working on. They're coming very close to to to, to launch, um, and there's also a number of other you know um, he- headset and hardware providers that have got stuff that's going to come out in quick succession. So I think that's going to be really interesting. And for me, the VR element is is interesting. The AR is really interesting. Right. Because I think the AR starts to connect people to real physical. And I think that's a very um a very interesting and um, one. Um uh so I think and we've got a couple of projects in, in our portfolio who are looking at that, you know, AR that you can switch on in a supermarket and help you find stuff, and um, which I think is, is really useful. And then that has tons of other applications. If you think of lots of areas within storage warehouses, how can you find something quickly? Just flick on the glasses, there's a map right to it. Um th- those kind of things are, are very, very interesting. Um, so I think the hardware tailwind is, is one. Um, I think the fact that you have a lot of big brands entering and then finding some very um, uh, they're finding some interesting opportunities, shall I say. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't mention the exact name of the, the brand, but a large bookmaker, a betting agent um, that I know of is looking at turning all of the betting slips into NFTs that can then be moved around and passed to different people and resold. Um and when you think about that, you go, okay, that's a whole secondary market. Somebody right. places a bet, they can then sell that, they can do different things with it. So those mm-hmm. kind of things, I think the the betting agent, the, the 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 business behind that didn't even understand all the permutations until they started, you know, mm-hmm. running this in like a sandbox environment. They're like, Whoa, this has got so many permutations. But the interesting thing is the user will probably never know. That it's run on NFTs or it has all this technology in the background, it just won't be part of it. It'll just be a better experience, and I think we're starting to see that come through, where it's just a better experience for users, and it doesn't really matter what's under the hood. Um, yeah. So I think that's something that I'm seeing more and more of, and I think that's another um, a tailwind in in in, in our favor. Okay. Um, uh, you know, obviously there's been some negatives, you know, with FTX and things like that. That has to work its way through. I think Mm -hmm. there'll be some elements of regulation, Um, but I I also think, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on big tech companies whose um, profit margins and whose share valuations are down massively to be more, I think they've, personal opinion, but I I think (laughs) it, it would be reasonably well known or accepted in the industry that some of the larger tech companies sat on innovation. Google did not release a chat GPT version, even though they probably had something for quite some time because they couldn't work out how to monetize it. So like, don't want to cannibalize your own search business. Why release a chat type type of chat GPT? Now it's out there, now it's in the wild, now they kind of have to. Um, and I think we're going to see more of these projects where bigger tech companies are like, we're not quite sure how we push this out and monetize it. They're going to be more aggressive in getting those projects out. Um, and I think that's going to be fascinating to see. So. That's kind of a couple of things that 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 I'm seeing. Um and then looking at our own portfolio and seeing what's coming through, I think there's a lot of stuff around um more kind of practical, tangible things, music NFTs, mm-hmm. um, looking at things. Um, you know, Boson Protocol, um, one of our, our portfolio companies, um, they have um you know issued the kind of a, a version two of their of their right. protocol, and they've got a very interesting. Kind of, it's all about digital loyalty, Um, and I think there's some very interesting things there that are tangible. They can be applied. They're working with brands like Tommy Hilfiger, so it's it's not just um, how would you describe (laughs) it? This kind of academic tech, you know, something that kind of sits in an ivory tower. This stuff is starting to become um, much more uh, tangible, and and big brands can see that, and they're all positioning themselves to see where is the where is the opening, And, and I find that that's fascinating.
2: Yeah, Boson's a good example. Um, we've known them for quite a while, and um, you know, more and more of as they continue with their evolution um, and get into more of these kind of core business things like even like loyalty, um, hugely important yeah. for brands worldwide, especially during downturn markets where you're trying to yes. you know, kind of kind of optimize your. And you
1: you mentioned downturn markets. One of our other portfolio companies, Hondo. Um, are are looking at you know e-learning environments uh, and and bringing in you know elements of the metaverse and avatars and kind of transforming what what learning can be and i think Mm -hmm. that's another interesting area um because i I think the concept of learning it's something i've it's kind of like a pet project of mine (laughs) i always find you know there's a lot of weight placed on traditional education. Did somebody go to this college or, or do that? Right. I think that's starting right. to fade a little bit. I think mm-hmm. people are going to be looking at new ways of like, do you have the most relevant skill now? Right. Well, what you did 20 years ago is no longer relevant. Like, do, Can you prove you have this really tangible, valuable skill? Um, and you can't really go to a classroom or a college environment like you could previously. Maybe there'll be elements of it, but I think making that virtual making that tangible interactive is is a very um interesting area and it's really growing um at the moment for sure
0: so interesting we heard a lot in that uh response to which i love it was everything from like ar and mixed reality to like ai and machine learning to you know a bunch of different components um do you have just at large at outlier it sounds like the answer is no, but I'm just gonna have you kind of talk about it. Do you approach the market and who you wanna attract with the consumer lens or are you kind of open to both the plumbing and the infrastructure and everything that kind of comes with making this world go from niche to mass, like we were just talking about as well as obviously working in fashion, there couldn't be a more consumer focused group. So just curious how you think about that um, at Outlier and how that also helps inform, like you were saying that horizon setting, if you can go a little deeper on that.
1: Yeah, um, one of the things that uh, Jamie, our Jamie Berker, our CEO and founder often mentions is, you know, how do we onboard the next billion people into the in, into Web three and the metaverse? Sure. And using mm-hmm. that that framework, um, and, and one of the things that Jamie has worked on previously, um, the Open Metaverse Thesis OS, right. and something he's updating yeah. at the moment. There'll be an updated version of it out within the next couple of weeks, which should be interesting. Oh, nice. But within that, that 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 that's kind of like a lens of, you know, when we're looking at where we should the investor, what thesis we should put together. And and actually, when you look at that, you realize, well, we do need some plumbing and we do need, we need yeah, a lot of big time.
0: things. <laughs> um,
1: and I also think as, as an accelerator and ultimately an investor, we've got to make sure that we are not going too heavy on one area and we've got to make sure that we're making um, the right investments in, in, across the board. Um, so we don't have a... A very kind of strict we only go for the following area but um, ultimately within that lens of we're always looking at something going well is this going to be a niche thing even if it's going to be very profitable is it niche does it have the ability to open up um or, or even build something that can be built on top of or you know there can be layers added to that will help us onboard, you know the, the next the majority of people the masses that we feel are about to come so yeah, Hopefully that makes that a lot of sense.
0: sense. Some, some framework. Yeah, you need both. And I think it's really cool within the portfolio that you have a way of kind of stress testing, not only the plumbing, but we think a lot about how do we get more people into this world. And so much of it are also hints that you've dropped around. Well, do we need to call it an NFT? Is it just a better experience? Things like that. So it's interesting to hear how that's really aligned and also what we're seeing, um, at least for 2023.
1: So Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, I'd love to know what you guys are seeing, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to get that other perspective, because um, any any kind of trends you're seeing that I didn't cover there. You I can probably, start, and then yeah, go ahead, Laura. Yeah,
0: go okay. On. Um. Yeah, I think a lot of it is is aligned with what you're observing too. Um. We're just most curious, and again, kind of that consumer profile of how do we get not only the awareness and education because that's still such an element of because of the news and headlines today, especially people kind of questioning what is this world? And throughout the last two years, we've seen such a surge in interest, but mostly rooted in, you know, currency or how do I, you know, there's been a lot of like negative stories kind of about the space, when in reality, so much is fundamentally changing about what's possible for both brands and consumers, ownership and value, loyalty, like these big buckets of how brands work today are going to be completely reimagined and reinvented. And so this year, I think we're really, excited to watch huge brands like Nike and Starbucks move into the space and completely help with that education. I think as these global brands get involved, they help train, not even train, but just help the curiosity of these consumers be really tapped and then help our whole industry kind of learn along the way of how how can we talk to consumers about what the space offers? So I'm really excited about seeing the global brands kind of make headway so that more brands can enter and kind of not only ride those tailwinds, but start to carve out their own piece of this equation. Um, So that looks like Web3 loyalty. How do we redefine, how to incentivize and gamify these experiences? How do we help the customer own more of their data? How do we help them kind of even just own more value within their brand relationships? That's one whole tier. And then I'll like edit myself so I don't just ramble forever. But another big category I think is really relevant this year is I think about the world of Web3 and Metaverse on kind of a spectrum of how a consumer can approach it. And AR seems to be the most easy, not only because of Snapchat and all the tools out there, but it does help you engage in both worlds and kind of understand how the world could go from a 2D internet to a 3D internet. And I'm really excited about what projects can can be tapped for that mixed reality as we move closer to things like VR and as we expand who might be interested in gaming, for example. So those are a few of mine. But Mike, what do you have?
2: Yeah, well, you've covered quite a bit, which is awesome. Thank you. Um, we kind of have this approach where, you know to me, when I think of this next year, everything's getting more serious um and and that's a good thing. Like I was around at the beginning of the internet days and helping brands to try to understand what, what does that mean for their business? And so I think 2023 is the year where everyone is going to be pushing themselves to really define the value that we're bringing beyond the, just kind of the potential, but the, the true value that we're bringing. I think that's super exciting. And so for us, we're looking at, you know, where the audiences, um, you know, where the opportunities to um, generate revenue? And then how do we make sure we're future-proofing ourselves with the tech? And those are three pretty big buckets that brands um, are going to have to tackle and start to understand, especially as younger audiences, in particular for brands that go after younger audiences, their habits and their way of consuming media and their way of interacting with brands is is really truly different than you know does like you know wait you and i grew up learning how to market so that's that's a big area of focus for us and kind of the work that we're doing um, with brands and also all the platforms that we're engaging with really trying to work with them to make sure that user experience is pretty seamless um you know Mm -hmm. how do we quickly get to a place where it's as seamless as purchasing a product on e-commerce? I think we need to get there very quickly as an industry because that's just otherwise consumers just drop out. Um, so yeah. it's a huge important area. Um, but to me, this is um, definitely like the idea of this is a time to build. Uh, hopefully by later this year, we're going to be in a much better position, just kind of on a macro basis, uh, but pretty excited about this, truly fundamental change that's going on um, and kind of working
1: through yeah there's a a phrase that I have seen play out through through multiple kind of tech cycles and I'm sure Mike and Lauren you've probably seen the same but it's that the the gains are earned in the down cycle and and all of the the plaudits and all of the things that kind of come in the up cycle are earned in those times when people are building and they're keeping their head down and they're they're doing the work and, and, and they're kind of understanding a space and getting ahead and then when that the spotlight comes back and the interest comes back things just you know I- accelerate up um yeah totally. you also mentioned that the the marketing side of things i i it's interesting having been in marketing for quite some time there was a a time earlier in tech when marketing became very much you know have we got the right keyword have we got the right person is there the right you know we got the right you know uh, our analytics and, and it's come back to in my my opinion again this is people may very honest it, but it's like storytelling and we've almost gone yeah. back to Core part of 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 the human experience. If you think about when we sat around a campfire as you know prehistoric humans, the, the the power of the storytelling around a fire it's it's got like a magical thing that engages people. And I think all of these tools within the metaverse and within Web three have made that so much more engaging. the The whole web is taking this huge leap forward, and it's it's not happening at once, and it's not something that maybe we can all see kind of clearly because there's all these little parts. But I think we'll look back. maybe five years ago there was a step change there was a real step change to happen there and with every step change there's there's a lot of opportunity yeah
0: i get so energized by that because i i love brand storytelling it's probably the one through line through my career um and i love this confrontation for brands to start to look at of we are now going from like you said keywords seo performance marketing still relevant still so necessary to this idea of what are all the ways I could tell my brand story now that I have literally this bigger 3D world or space to reimagine what that is and how, do my, how does my brand get translated in these spaces with that infrastructure like a boson of still being able to capture someone's interest and convert on that customer in that space. But what an incredible opportunity to have brands just be able to take a moment and really dream up what that could be and have fun with it and reimagine their brands. And I'm excited to see if any legacy brands by getting into this space have a whole new way of reaching their next customer because of this step change to your point. So really curious yeah. to see what happens uh, this year and beyond. Yeah, exciting times.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, we we kind of sum it up as we're moving from a communications paradigm to an experience paradigm. And there's yeah. a whole- I think that's of a very good for summation. That. So why don't we just end with Diffusion? Um, huge event Thursday, um, super exciting, some great speakers and companies that are gonna be there. Can you give our audience a
1: preview? Sure, yeah. So um, Diffusion is an event that, that we host um, on, a, on a regular enough basis and we showcase um, our current cohorts. So at the moment we have 32 teams going through our Basecamp program. Um, and it's a chance to showcase those teams, but also, as I said, to maybe share some of the things that we've seen uh, happening across the industry. So we have that unique position where we get to see what founders are thinking about building, what brands are, are thinking of, of doing in the space. And we want to share some of that. So we have a number of talks and um, our founder, Jamie, is speaking with um, uh, Erica, with the uh, VP of Adidas, which is going to be very interesting, um, uh, you know, talking about what, you know, the metaverse means for them and and helping that kind of understanding how a brand like them is looking at a space like this. Um, And then I'm heading up a panel um, of a number of founders and investors. And we have Esther from Hundo, and we have Chia from Pantera Capital. And we've got Megan Casper, um, who's um, involved with First Light and and Red Dow and Carol uh, Hilsom um, from from Farfetch. Um, So she's their senior product senior director of product and innovation so should should be really interesting and then you'll also get to see small teaser videos of each of those 32 uh, teams that that are uh that that are with us um so that takes place on the 12th of january um, and it'll also be available a recorded version will be available on our youtube channel for anybody that can't make um the uh, the the event itself it's a virtual event um and you can sign up on um diffusion.events um and it's uh, just one click kind of sign in um and uh, yes, hopefully people can make it. It would be great um, great to open it up to to as many people that are interested in the space as possible. Perfect. Yeah,
2: I, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this in the brand space, for sure. There's some amazing speakers that you have and um, quite a bit I think you're going to be able to learn. So, um, Des, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, really appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing your insights. Uh, it was a great conversation. and, and um, We'll look forward to staying in touch. Awesome. Much appreciated. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Lauren.
1: Yeah,
0: thank Thank you. you.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Metaverse Matters by Pebble Ventures. If you enjoyed the content, please do subscribe and rate the show. You could also connect with us on LinkedIn at pebbleventures.com or directly at mike at pebbleventures.com. If you're a brand exploring the space, Or you're already testing and are looking to develop next level strategies, please do reach out. We'd welcome an introductory conversation to learn more about your goals, where you are in the process, and share our thoughts
0: about your business. Have a great day.